Hey guys, welcome to Reels and Records. Um, this is episode six. That's crazy. Um, first, I should probably say a couple things before I start. Um, first, it's been a while since I've released an episode, and that's because it's summer now, and I have a job. I have lots of jobs. I have a couple of jobs that I had to do. Um, but yeah, I decided to get back on it because I love talking to myself. And, <laughs> and yeah, and also, um, fun fact, Reels and Records has won a couple of awards since the last time I talked to you guys, which is pretty sick. Um, yeah, I'm very grateful. It's weird to think about how people actually listen to this. Um, but yeah, it's been so much fun and... I'm going to keep doing it, I promise. I'm sorry I took a break. I'm back now. <laughs> All right, then I'm. we can start for today's episode. And I have no idea how I'm going to put my love into words for this one. This film was the first film mentioned to me when I told people I'd be writing and recording a podcast on movie soundtracks. So many people wanted me to write an episode on it, and for completely valid reasons, because... It's probably one of the best musicals of all time. Hey, I'm editing this right now, actually, which is why the sound quality isn't as good. Um, But I wanted to pop in and tell you guys that this audio file, this track playing right now, I'm playing it. That's a video of me that I found from a long time ago, so I hope you like it. Alright, back to other me. Directed by the one and only Damien Chazelle, the director of Whiplash and Babylon. Starring Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, and I'll mention J.K. Simmons too because I love him. Even though he hardly has a part in this film. The 2016 Best Picture nominee slash near winner, La La Land. (laughs) The La La Land soundtrack is the DNA of the film. It's the breath and the vitality of such a vibrant and lively piece of cinematic art. The soundtrack is composed mainly by Justin Hurwitz um, and features the voices of Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling, John Legend, and a couple others. Hurwitz has done the soundtracks for all of Damien Chazelle's films, which I pinky promise to record episodes on in the future. They're coming because I love Whiplash and I sort of love Babylon. (laughs) Since I have no clue where to start off in my heaps of praise, I want to mention the basis of this film, what it's created off of, and what its sole purpose is. La La Land is a tribute to old Hollywood, musicals, and of course jazz. And after finally watching all of Chazelle's films, I realized there's such a strong connecting motif of big dreams, the complications of breaking into a harsh and grueling industry, And best of all, music. The effect of music, the passion it invokes, 
and the magic magnetic space in between film and music, which is a love of mine. I don't think I have to emphasize or clarify any more than I already do because it's so obvious. The opening song is iconic, of course. It's called Another Day of Sun. It's just a perfect allusion to classic old musicals and movies. I want to specifically talk about a couple of the lyrics, uh, which I think are overlooked since they're coming from anonymous characters that we don't have attachments to, which, side note, is genius. It, right off the bat, shows the vast and broad impacts of film and cinema and also the effect of passion in general and hope on so many people who have huge aspirations. Anyways, the lyric is, Summer Sunday nights we'd sink into our seats right as they dimmed out all the lights. A technicolor world made out of music and machine. It called me to be on that screen and live inside each scene. Without a nickel to my name, I hopped a bus, here I came. It could be brave or just insane. While we're on the topic of dreaming big, <laughs> if anyone knows that stubbornly hopeful trope, it is Damien Chazelle. Not only do every one of his films reflect it, his life does. Uh, his films probably reflect his life, not the other way around. I'll breeze through the story because it spans several years, but Damien Chazelle had the idea to make La La Land long before he was ever a famous director. It's rough draft, in a sense, was Chazelle's senior thesis at Harvard, where he studied film. Whoa. Um, it was a musical called Guy and Madeline on a Park Bench. He unsuccessfully pitched La La Land to Hollywood, um, but just didn't have the funds or the fame to produce it on the scale it deserved. So in order to get there, he made a short film, called it Whiplash. It got picked up at Sundance, turned into a feature, was wildly successful, and gave Damien Chazelle the name and the spot in the film industry that he needed to make his dream film. The soundtrack features the most beautiful range of instruments, a full symphony with perfect balancing highlights of harps, flutes, clarinets, strings, the kind of musical solos you associate with old cinema, especially the silent film era. The music is the opposite of static. It's constantly flowing and flowering and scurrying and telling its own story. The song Planetarium that plays during the planetarium scene, surprise, <laughs> exudes the atmosphere and whim of silent film era classics in the way that they're solely responsible for telling the story and expressing the emotions because no dialogue is used. The planetarium scene and many, many others reference a million classic films. The planetarium scene references Rebel Without a Cause. The opening traffic jam scene alludes to the young girls of Rochefort. Rochefort? Holy, I should look up how to say that. Rochefort. What? Rochefort. <laughs> no. Rockefort. It is Rockefort. Rockford? Oh, I think it's Rockford. Young Girls of Rockford. The color palette references Singing in the Rain and An American in Paris. Audrey Hepburn and Fred Astaire's Funny Face is referenced in the Jazz Club. And Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers' Tap Dancing is referenced during the song Lovely Night. It only makes sense that this homage to musicals and cinema pays so much respect to handfuls of old French musicals and Hollywood classics. A Lovely Night is just an absolutely stunning encapsulation of Mia and Sebastian's relationship. It's witty and the banter is just dead on. It gets you right in the heart in that way that's almost embarrassing to admit because now you're blushing and kicking your feet. 
And then Herman's Habit is a song that blesses jazz club. It's just two minutes of pure energy and dynamic fervor. And if I were a more motivated writer, I'd be able to really break it down, <laughs> dive into the individual voices in the piece and such. But I need to cover a lot today, and I apologize. The reason I'm so eager to move on is because the next song is City of Stars. It starts with this completely stunning line of melody, one that's instantly recognizable. The whistling accompanies the instrumental and complements its inherent loneliness so well. And the chimes and softest addition of strumming, something like a harp or guitar near the end, are both so gentle, which is just too fitting for such a bittersweet song. Ryan's voice fits that genre as well. It's so kind and forgiving. Track eight is called Summer Montage slash Madeline, which I think is a cute reference. Now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't even write this, but Madeline is a really cool reference to his original musical. But this track belongs to a scene with me and Seb. Seb is playing jazz piano and Mia's dancing, and there's that insane whip pen sequence in between the two of them. The scene is so musically colorful and it grabs at your attention. And the coolest thing ever is that the music parallels that alternating attention as well. So as it's doing the whip pan, going between Mia dancing and Seb playing the piano, the music is highlighting their different personalities. And I love it, I love it. <laughs> I'm doing the thing right now where my fists are clenched and I'm talking really passionately about something. Back to City of Stars, the second time this song is played features both Mia and Sebastian. One thing I really love about this specific song is how real it sounds. And I wouldn't say that for very many things in this film. The more realistic everything gets, the more depressing the movie is. But ultimately, this moment in the film is one of the most romantic scenes of the whole movie. There's a palpable connection and chemistry in between the two of them. The choice was made to have Ryan and Emma sing this song on the set while filming the scene which is why it feels so really realistic. Other songs would have been dubbed over and lip-synced or something similar, but what we're seeing in this scene is truly the audio that was recorded with it, which is why you can hear them smiling and laughing and breathing and everything. And that contrast against the rest of the film's lean into surrealism is what truly captures hearts. Track 11 is Engagement Party. This is one of those songs that really guides your feelings towards what they should be feeling for the characters. The scene shows Sebastian playing at his sister's engagement party, um, playing piano. Um, an event that's supposed to be so happy and carry so many joyful emotions, and yet Seb's so far away from that feeling. All while this is happening, there's a montage of Mia moving back home after what felt like a failed production of her play. And she's feeling completely struck down seeing all of her old preserved passion in her childhood bedroom. Sebastian speaks through his music throughout the entire film, but especially here in this engagement scene slash montage. He puts up a front for his sister, appearing okay and happy for her, but the piece definitely says otherwise. I want to quickly talk about um, Mia's audition song, The Fools Who Dream. Um, I think this song is a, a summary of the movie's entire meaning not just the actual meaning inside of the movie, but also the meaning of it even being made, the process that Damien Chazelle went through to get it out there. 
If you just read over this, like a small bit of the lyrics, Hurwitz and Chazelle are so clearly trying to persuade artists to keep doing what they love. Because it's really not that easy. I mean, you have to tolerate a whole lot of people's unsolicited opinions on your bad decisions to choose unsafe and not very lucrative career paths. We finally got there. I want to talk about the main theme, a radiant and captivating piece of music that is well-beloved, Me and Sebastian's theme. Me and Sebastian's theme has consistently had a suffocating grip on my soul ever since I first watched the movie a handful of years ago. It's the motivation behind so many things I've created. It's the reason I've sat for hours upon hours at a piano or on the floor of my bedroom writing a new screenplay. I remember the first time I watched it so distinctly too, and Smelody hit me like a semi-truck. I was with my friend who was staying at my house for the week, so I had an extra mattress set up in my room for her to sleep on, and we piled a bunch of blankets on that mattress and set a computer on my window seat, and we watched her favorite movie, La La Land. And the minute it ended, I went mute. Like, I, I couldn't speak, and I couldn't close my mouth, and I couldn't move. Little me was so baffled by what movies could be. And I remember I decided then that's what I would do with my life. I had to. What else was out there for me besides this? And then my friend and I spent the early hours of the morning writing an entire screenplay for a film. One I've yet to make, but who knows. I do remember it was called August Rising. <laughs> It wasn't bad. I don't think it was bad. I don't remember it being bad. I remember another time where I had been diagnosed with ADHD, and so I started taking Adderall, and the first time I took it, I sat at the piano for nearly five hours and learned all of me and Sebastian's theme on piano. <laughs> the ending took up the majority of those hours because it's a wicked hard song to play and to get up to speed. This song has a melody that feels a little bit like a seesaw or a roller coaster. It goes up and then it goes back down and then it repeats that and it almost feels like a musical rendition of the emotions connected to Mia and Seb's relationship timeline. It captures the spontaneity, the excitement, the magic, and every other emotion that's laced into such an intricate piece of art. It's a song that sounds like it could be in every classically loved movie ever made and yet it's still completely unique in its own. I have so much love for it. I just, I don't know if <laughs> my words are adequate enough um, to really capture that. Um, epilogue is a piece that begins with me and Sebastian's theme, um, the same exact melody. It has the same romantic, sad undertones and then transitions into a version of the theme that is completely blown out into a full orchestra. This section flies away with the melody and feels exactly like dancing on air the way Mia and Seb do at Griffith's Observatory. And then we break into the Another Day of Sun melody, once again featuring its jumping arpeggios and aspirational sound. Tension builds, the trumpets are belting, it has such a musically dense and polyphonic texture, and then we get a sweet break from the over-exaggerated commotion. The song melts down into a lullaby version of Audition or The Fools Who Dream, with a Tim Burton-esque xylophone arpeggio running in the background. 
strings angelically come in, and then all of a sudden we're transitioning again into an upbeat jazz piece full of life and the most intriguing complex patterns, and then it happens. Everything makes way for the trumpet. It's the trumpet solo that makes the air stand still. When you're watching this part of the movie, no one moves an inch. No one breathes even for a second. It's just that captivating. The trumpet hits a glorious high note, and then we break into a symphonic theme once again. A dreamlike and idyllic mix of what could have been. And then we return to City of Stars. Just a simple piano melody. Realism is a constant echo to surrealism. It just goes back and forth and back. The most isolating and breathtaking version of me and Sebastian's theme follows. This part of the song is the closest thing we get to closure. And then, the end. <laughs> A flawlessly done contribution to the respects paid for the love of cinema. That grand ending, the slow and winding build-up, the physical words the end on the screen and the black enclosing circle. Thank you all for listening to me once again. Thank you for loving the same things I love and enduring even the messiest of my thoughts. I appreciate it very much. Um, and until next time, I hope you have a nice day and <laughs> your music hits extra hard. Bye.